Father Lord Almighty, we have come before you once again. We pray that Lord Almighty, you touch our lives. You transform our lives. You bring us to the point, Lord Almighty, where you can be able to use us, even to achieve the purpose for which you have set up marriage. Lord Almighty, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, God, because so many homes are in shambles. Father, we pray that today you visit us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Abba, Father, because we know you are already here with us. And you will turn around as our captivities. Blessed be to your holy name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I thank God that we are still alive today to continue with the topic we started last week. Since this year we have been considering the theme living by every word of God. And I thank God that God has been exposing this particular theme and God has been helping us and touching us in diverse ways. And since last week we started the topic that says Living by the word in establishing and sustaining marriage. Living by the word in establishing and sustaining marriage. Praise the Lord. Last week we started by saying what establishing means. And we said that establishing means to set up something. And we went further to say that it's God himself that established marriage, not human beings. And we also defined marriage. We said that marriage is a close union between one man and one woman. We emphasize that marriage is not a close union between one man and one and another man nor between one woman and another woman is between a man and a woman and we say this because the enemy somehow has come into the world and deceived the heart of people that's why today we see a man going after a man and a woman going after a woman and we equally saw from the bible in romans chapter 1 28 that God wrote about it even before he started in our generation. Bible says, even as they did not want to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over the reprobate heart. And that's why what we see today. So let us not be surprised that we have gay marriages here and there. It's already in the Bible. They have been given a reprobate heart to do only those things that is not convenient at all. Praise the Lord. And um, we emphasize the three reasons for marriage. That for God to have established marriage is not just for establishing sake. And we say that the three main reasons for marriage are, number one, for companionship. Number two, for ministry. Number three, for procreation. And we say that because of our culture and the wickedness in our culture, that we have turned it the other way around. And instead of number three, being number three, it's now number one. That before people will finish getting married in the church, we are already asking, is she pregnant? And that's why the confusion we see. And last week we emphasized on the fact that if the foundation is faulty, then it will be very, very difficult for us to sustain marriage. And I laid emphasis last week on the fact that we should allow God to give us our husbands and our wives. That we should not do it on our own. Because God who established marriage, he knows the ministry that every man has a ministry attached to him. And God knows the man that will help you. I say that there's wilderness in this journey of life. That marriage, even when you are in the will of God, there's a wilderness to cross, whether you like it or not. 
And it's only that man, that woman, that God in his mercy will give to you. That will help you to pass through that wilderness. We mentioned some. It might be wilderness of barrenness. It might be that of e-health. It might be that of loss of job. It might be anything. But one thing is, let it be at the back of your mind. Whether you believe in for better, for best, thank God for you. But one thing I know is that marriage, whether ordained by God or not, it has its own challenge. But the only thing is that if you are in the will of God, the grace of God will be sufficient for you. Praise the Lord. Because in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that God has given to us all that pertains to life and godliness. So whatever you need to live for God, even in that marriage, or to do the will of God, He has given it to you. Praise the Lord. And today, we are continuing. So what we shall lay emphasis on today, last week, we laid emphasis on establishing marriage. And today, we are going into how to sustain this marriage. And last week we said that, if you are here and you are married already, don't worry. That God is still capable. He still shows mercy. He can still reset the foundation of your marriage. So today, we are entering into how to sustain this marriage. And I want us to see from what I saw in the dictionary, the meaning of sustain. He says that sustain means to provide enough of what somebody needs in order to live or exist. To provide enough of what somebody needs or something needs in order to live or exist. It also means to make something continue for some time without becoming less. To make something continue for some time without becoming less. Praise the Lord. So we can see that sustain, if we have laid the right foundation, sustenance is to make it better. Is to make it better and better. So that it will not lessen in value. And as I was preparing this thing, you know, this God, He knows everything. He knows the need of every man. I prepared so many things, I read so many points. But yesterday, God surprised me. He gave me another point that I said I have never known it before, but I pray that for him to have raised it, then there must be something he wants to achieve. Praise the Lord. And I want us to know, having seen what marriage is all about, and the reason for setting up marriage, as I was preparing yesterday, God told me, because there's a point I wrote as number one. From where we read, we can see the relationship between Christ and the church. And Bible says that this is exactly the kind of relationship that will exist or supposed to exist between a husband and their wife. And God told me yesterday that number one thing in sustaining marriage is a death to flesh. Dying to the flesh. As I began to ask, what is it? He says, yes. For you to achieve the purpose for my establishing marriage, that you must die to self. He says that we must die to self. Because we are already in marriage. Today we are talking to ourselves, so married people. But even the younger ones that are about to enter, you will also hear from God. He says, die to self. He says that there is no way you can provide company to your partner when self is still at the throne of your life. And God began to tell me that the devil is not afraid that you are born again. Many people are born again. You may say, is she telling us yeah, that we are not born again? Many of us are born again. He says that devil is not afraid that we are born again. Devil is afraid only when we put to death the works of the flesh. Only when we allow Christ in us to destroy flesh and allow the Holy Spirit to upload the fruit of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to upload the nature of God in us. He says that's the only thing that can sustain your marriage. 
There, every other thing I will say, he said that all of them hinges on this particular one. Many of us are born again, but we are still carrying flesh. What is this flesh? Because you will be wondering, what, it's not this physical body, it's not this, no, it's, it's not this. Flesh is a mindset that does things its own way. Anyway, any, whatever he, you know, he wants to do, you can never change it. His flesh sets out itself to do one thing. He must. So he said that this mindset in us, that we must allow the Holy Spirit to take over. You may be born again, and still since you gave your life to Christ, you have not really surrendered your life fully to Him. You have not really given up. You have not really discarded your life completely to Him. I want somebody to read Romans 8. 12 to 14 for me in the message Bible. So by God is saying that we must put to death flesh. Unless in our flesh in our life die, there's no way our marriage can be sustained. Can somebody read it in message Bible? Romans 8 from 12 to 14. Because I want us to see the way message renders it. Because it's not a matter of death dying. When death comes to the flesh, we must also give it a befitting burial. I want everybody to hear this, so that when we talk about it, you don't just assume I've been born again. Let us know what this flesh is capable of doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, don't you see that you don't owe this old do-it-yourself life? Red sense. You don't owe this old nature, this flesh, anything again. Yeah. For us. There is nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent barrier. The best thing to do to this flesh when you give your life to Christ is to give this flesh a decent uh, burial. And get on with your new life. And get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. God's spirit there are things to do and places to go. There are things to do and places to go. Praise the Lord. The place that really struck me, it says that this flesh, you must give it a decent uh, burial. Praise the Lord. Since you receive Jesus into your life, even in this your marriage, many of us are born again. But we have not really come to the point of surrendering all. Unless you put flesh to death, the flesh will continue to manifest. It's a mindset. And wherever flesh comes in, the flesh must take over. And that's why in the home, in that particular marriage, as long as flesh is still controlling the husband, or the flesh is still controlling you know, the woman, there is no way that particular marriage can be sustained. And that's why the katakata and the confusion we have in our homes eh, today. And Bible is telling us today that we must give this flesh what? A decent uh, burial. Not only that we must put to death. After putting to death, because if somebody dies here now, after two, three days, the person will start uh, smelling and thinking. You see that the other will still be a problem to us. But when that person, when you put to death, you should also do what? Give it a decent uh, burial. So that the aroma, the odor, the stink can never come up again. Many of us, that's why if you go to John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus was speaking about this particular dying to, to, to self. He says, unless a corn of wheat falls and dies, that it remaineth eh, alone. Many of us will still do things our own way. We still do things our own way because we have refused to die. We do things our own way because we have refused to give in. And you know that when you put a corn inside the ground, and if it dies, it will grow. It will produce hundreds and thousands of air or in other corns. And you see that it will benefit you know, mankind. So the Bible, God is telling us today that we must put to death, you know, Mr. Flesh. And it's only when the flesh is put to death, or oh, that the Spirit of God will do what? Will take over. And begin to upload the fruits you know, of the Spirit. And begin to upload the nature of Christ in us. And when the nature of Christ is uploaded, because some of our young ones, they will say, in upload, in upload. We need to enthrone the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
and put to death Mr. Flesh to the point that nothing is uploaded in your heart except the fruit, the nine fruit you know, of the Holy Spirit. And when the fruit is there, I want to tell you, every other thing I will mention will fall in a line. I say that every other thing hinges on this particular one. Because when somebody is dead, you don't have any right again. Even that thing you cherish so much, if that thing is brought to you when you are dead, you can never know about it. You know, mothers, we love our children so much. But if you see a mother, even with a suckling baby, if that woman dies, that woman will not even know that a baby is there. That's what the Bible is saying. That we should die. So that everything, all the things that makes it impossible for our homes to be what God has established it. Because if flesh is still controlling you, there is no way you will be a companion to your husband. Because even that companionship, you don't even know what loneliness the man or the woman is going through. It's only the Holy Spirit when he takes over that the Holy Spirit will be uploading the needs of that man in your heart. The Holy Spirit will be uploading the needs of that woman in your heart. So, Bible is telling us today. I don't know why God is saying so. Since yesterday I've been meditating and saying, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me because this is a hard saying. At a stage, the disciples told Jesus, this is a hard saying. Who can believe it? I told God this is in a hard saying. But one thing I know that God can never tell us what he cannot. Eh? He has provided all that we need. If he says we must die, he has provided all that we need to die. So I pray that God will help us. Because if I begin to mention you must love, how can you love if the fruit of love has not been uploaded in your life? How can you love? Love is divine. It's the nature of God. So for you to have it, Mr. Flesh, that mindset must die. So that you don't love because the woman is wonderful. Because men, God, Bible says, husbands love your wives. You are not loving her because she's a perfect woman. No. A relationship with Jesus Christ, Bible says, while we were yet sinner, Jesus died for us. Jesus did not die when we became saints. No. He died. And since then, he sanctifies us. He purifies us. He makes us better. He makes us better. So, you are not loving your, your, your wife because she's a perfect human being. No. So, I pray that God will really help us to look into our lives. What is your life like? And if we are talking about putting to death, Mr. Flesh, if you have not even given your life to Christ, I want you to know that it is impossible and cannot. There is no way you can, you know, uh, crush Mr. Flesh. It is not possible. Because the devil... He moves around, especially now he has come into homes. His mandate and his target is the home. And that's the confusion we have in the society. Because he has come in, put confusion. Husband and wife, they are not understanding themselves. And he's so, so happy about it. But God is telling us this morning, my children, if only in this your marriage, you will put to death flesh. You will put to death that mindset in you. That must have its way, no matter whosoever. Even if your husband is making a point, no, that mindset is there. It must be done your own way. If only we must do with it, you know, deal with it today. God will help us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And having said this one, number two, I'm mentioning things that will sustain our marriage. We know it's God that established it and he has his reasons. And I'm just mentioning, but as I said, even if I stop now, here, we have finished. Flesh must be put to death. If you do not understand anything, flesh must be put to death. Praise the Lord. Number two is love. Where we read is there, from 21 to the end. Bible says, husbands, love your wives. Husbands. Love your wife. Love your wife. And I want us to know, as I said before, that there is no way you can achieve this unless if you have put to death Mr. Flesh. And uh, if you look at that particular place, for husbands to love their wife, you must look at what Jesus did. Jesus came and died for us. He cleansed us. He paid a great sacrifice. 
when he was uh, he was going through the suffering, it wasn't easy on him at all. But because of you and I, because of he knows that we are in the pit of hell, the devil is there handling, handling us. He paid the price. He gave his life so as to redeem our lives from destruction. According to Colossians 1.13, the Bible says he redeemed in our lives because the devil put us in the pit of hell. We were there. We were, in fact, we didn't even know what was happening to us. But God, in his infinite mercy, sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to come and die for us. And Jesus, when he came into the world, it wasn't easy for him at all. But he gave his life. If you read Hebrews chapter 5, from 7 and 8, you will know that it wasn't easy for Jesus. Bible says that Jesus cried unto him, who is able to deliver him. The Bible says that he learned obedience from what he suffered. Jesus went through crucifixion. He passed through pains to bring salvation, to sanctify us, to bring us to the level where God will accept us. Praise the Lord. And he says, husbands should love their wives the way Jesus loved the church. The question is, husbands, are you loving your wives? Or husbands, are you loving your wives the way God wants us? Many of our husbands, they want their wives to become a saint. There is no way we become saints. We are not saints. We are not. But Jesus did not wait for us until we became innocent. He died for us while we were yet sinners. I want us to know that in spite of your wife's misdoings, misbehaviors, in spite of her weaknesses, in spite of her bad, in fact, however you can qualify your wife, so some people will come and say, hmm, Mommy, if you know this my wife, you will know that this my wife is just devil incarnate. So even if your wife is devil incarnate, love your wife as Jesus loved the church. Period. Praise the Lord. And in loving her, you should love her and protect her physically. You should love her and protect her spiritually. You should love her and protect her emotionally. Many of us think that maybe, you know, you know some of us will say, but, but I say, I love you. Mm-mm. It's not that one. That one might fall into fillers and in in errors. After all, you married her. But the love we are talking about is eh, agape love. The ability to protect her. Especially from your own people. Some of these women, they came from a different tribe, from even another country into that marriage. She does not know anybody there. You should protect her from your people, from the hostility that comes from in-laws. Whether we like it or not, is there. Protect her from your mother. Protect her from your you know, you know, you know, siblings, your sisters and brothers. Protect her from your relations. Many of us, you say you will call her honey, you will call her yeah, my body, because we call so many things. But when we look into your home, none of them is really manifesting. You can call her anything. But the love I want to emphasize here, the kind that Jesus had for the church, you should be able to, you know, protect her. What is protection? I want to give an example. Because in so many of our homes, we do so many things, which we call Christianity or love, but it is not. You are a man. Your wife came in newly. And you know that usually, when a wife is coming in, you know, so many things, people will be wondering, can she really, you know, do it? If she comes now, she will turn our brother out. So many things. But the issue is that, Bible says in Ephesians 5, 31, that you shall leave your father and your mother and cleave to your wife and be united to your wife and two of you shall become one. How do you protect her from your mother? From your people. Many a times you go home for Christmas. I'm sorry. It might be what you have been doing. And God is telling us change. It is not good. You go home for Christmas. And you have a family meeting. Some people here, you know, in a family, they hold their family meeting. You have a, uh, in a family meeting. At a stage in that family meeting, the mother will say, eh, why should go? Let us hold meetings. I want to hold meeting with my children and my husband. And you, the husband, will allow that your wife will live there. No. That's the love we are talking about. You say no. Mama, Papa, this is part of me. 
She has become part and parcel of me. She will not live here. She belongs here. And it's because of lack of love from men, from her husband, that at times women, we marry into a home and say we are living so much on our family. No, she has left the home. But if you have brought her in to assimilate her into that particular family, she will not be talking much about her father's house. But when you are holding a meeting, along the line, you send her in a way. And you, the husband, you will be there. Oh, my dear, you do not love your wife. Praise the Lord. Some men may not say praise the Lord, but this is the truth God is telling us today. It is not right. Many of us, your parents will want to come and discuss something. And when your wife is there, they will not discuss it. They will wait. Immediately the woman goes. They will say, hey, 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 we need this. We, we, you know, we, you know, and you will be listening. And after listening, you may not even discuss with your, your, your wife. You go ahead and do what they have asked you to do. That is not love. Love is if your parents, they come for such a discussion and they will be maneuvering, waiting for your wife to go. If your wife goes and they want to say it, you say, Mama, Papa, mba, don't, don't say in anything. You must wait for my wife to come back. She must hear it. She has become part and parcel of this eh, family. We are no longer different. Two of us in our same. Two of us are the same. And because of it, if they keep on bringing all those things, at times, if you feel that your wife will feel, you know, somehow, you'll be doing it there eh, secretly. Bible says that it is sin. For men that do that, it's not good. That's the love we are talking about. Take her fully into the home. Do not allow anybody from your home to maltreat her. We are a mother, some of us, mothers in law. May God deliver us in Jesus' name. We cause so much confusion for our children. Your son is married. Leave them. Give them rest. Let them marry. But you will come there. Some people will even come. One person, you know, you know, one girl, uh, yeah, one sister, yeah, told me and say, my mother-in-law will come and say, whatever you want to do, do is my son, and I trained him, and I am here. Anytime I'm here, I am in charge. And anytime this woman visited, what she would do is that she will go in and cook. After cooking, she will put for her son and for her daughter-in-law. Why should do 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 such a thing? Why should do do that? You shouldn't do that. And if you, the husband, if actually you love the way Bible is telling us today, that's one of the things that will sustain your marriage. Because if you do it, oh, your husband, you know, your wife will be happy. Your wife will know that she has been accepted into this home. And one thing is that when you do it, you are, you know, you are sending a signal to your mother, to your father, to your sisters, to your relation, that this woman is important to me. And you see that your relations, when they want to talk about her, they say, hey, brother, will, uh, brother doesn't play with, her, with his wife, oh, don't ever do that. And you will see that anytime they visit, anytime they come to your house, they, they, they will be disciplined. They will behave, you know, themselves. But if you do not really show this level of love, I may not be able to pinpoint them. If you are not able to show this level of love, my dear, you are breaking your home. I had a, you know, a relation then. No, 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 my husband's relation. Who I heard that, uh, uh, the man, the, the other brother will visit them. And the other brother will insist to sleep in their matrimonial room. With the, with the brother, and the, the wife will leave the matrimonial home and go to a, a, another room. And the, the brother will say, no, just don't, don't worry. So that, call, call, call say, what is saying? What is it? You should tell your brother, no, this is my matrimonial hope. In as much as you are my elder brother. But no, it is not scriptural. And if your brother insists on sleeping, you know, in on the, uh, inside the matrimonial, no problem. Leave the matrimonial bed for him and go to your wife, wherever your wife is sleep, you know, is sleeping. Go there in and sleep with her. And you, sh- you know, when you are doing this, you are telling the woman, I love you. You are no longer different. Two of us are the same. And I want us to know that when our love comes to this level, ha, you have gone a long way. And let me see that woman, in as much as there are some mad women, but 95% of women will definitely respond. 
And some of us men, when we are discussing with our parents, if our wife comes in, we become so uncomfortable. Why should that be? Why, why, you know, why should it be? What is it they are discussing? This woman has become a part and parcel in of this home. Whatsoever, let her know it. Because you don't know if her own contribution will even help more than your own. Yeah, my husband will tell, you know, my parents-in-law. My wife has a practical mind. She knows this thing more than I do. So, don't tell me anything unless if she's there. Period. And they have learnt it. There is nothing my parents-in-law will ever tell him I won't be there. In fact, if they are about to start, my husband will say, Nne, come in. Papa and Mama, they want to say something. And it helped me that I don't fear. In fact, the parents now, they don't even bother about him. If they have any urgent need, very crucial need, they know that he may even reject, they will come to me and say, Adabiko, Biko, this is our need. Tell him. Communicate to him. But many of us, you will sideline this woman. You make her a robot. Anytime your people are coming, she will be, you know, her heart will be trembling because she doesn't know what will come out of it. Bible says, Bible enjoins men. Husbands, love your wives. Praise the Lord. And the same Bible enjoins us, the women. Submit, in verse 21. He says, submit to one another out of reverence eh, for God. Even if that your, uh, your, your, your husband is devil incarnate, remember whatever that attracted you to him, something attracted you to him, remember it. And know that this submission is not all about your husband. It's all about God. Because when you are submitting to him, you are worshipping God. You are submitting to God who gave your husband to you as the head in of the family. The husband is the head. So, many, many of us, we are now claiming equal in the Beijing uh, conference. We are equal. Since, you, you know, the more you struggle to become head with your husband, the more you are, you know, in fact, I don't know, the more you are causing confusion for, for, for yourself. Bible says, submit. It doesn't matter the character you know, of your husband. It doesn't matter whether she gives you money for food. It doesn't matter if she clothes you because some men will never remember that their wives, you know, wear clothes. They, they, they don't. Uh, if you want to say, hey, hey, but she was now. Is that why you married her? Did you marry her because she's working so that she'll be providing for herself? It is wrong, maybe if you are here. Some of us, you can't vouch after 10 years or 15 years in marriage. You can't vouch that you have ever bought a single dress for your wife. If you cannot buy, why not give her money? If she gets it, she will come and show it to you. You know? So, whether she, he gives you money to buy clothes, whether uh, he does it well or he doesn't, what matters is Bible says you should submit. And one thing I have discovered from the Bible is that when you submit, God has a way of fighting our battles for us. But when you take laws into your, your hand, and you will, at times I say, you are struggling with a man that if he lifts only one hand, you will fall in underground. Why are you struggling? Just submit. Even if he's doing something wrong, submit to him and pray to God and say, God, look at it. Look at it. And I have seen God. God will step him into your situation. Whenever I look at the life of Sarah, I wonder, I say, this woman, is she really a, in a robot? Is she a human being? Is this Sarah a human being or just a, in a robot? If you watch her walk with her, uh, uh, with the, the husband, the husband will always, in fact, the, I, you know, the way I say it is that Abraham uses Sarah as Kolanot. Because when they entered, when Abraham disobeyed God and entered into a wrong place, immediately he realized that they might, you know, maybe they will kill him. He now took the Sarah, you know, the wife, and then gave us a cola to the king. Yes, now, you know, he's gonna, so that uh, his life will be preserved. And at times I will sit down and say, what of if God didn't intervene? What of if God did not step in at the right time? Adrimelech would have slept, you know, with this woman. Hi! But this woman agreed and went. Hi! At times I say, this submission we are talking about is not as simple as that. But one thing is that when you submit as unto Christ, God steps in.
Look at how she stepped in before Abimelech uh, defied uh, Sarah. And as a result of her obedience, they treated the husband well. I don't know your submission level. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 12, Bible says we do not, you know, wrestle against flesh and blood. And the, as he continues in verse 6, he says, the way your obedience is complete, God will step in and fight your, 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 your battle. God wants our submission to be your complete. By the time you submit out of reverence, no matter the wickedness your husband is meting out to you, don't worry, submit. One day you will see the way God will intervene and he will rescue you in Jesus' name. He did it for Sarah. He did it for Abigail. Bible described Nabal as a childish man. Very wicked, very mean. But this Abigail stayed with that wicked man. Submitted to him in all things. And at the fullness of time, God punished Nabal. And then delivered her and gave her David as a husband. I'm not praying that we should pray that our husbands will die you. Even if your husband is wicked, let him live. Because by the time he dies, you know that it's not easy to be a widow. Praise the Lord. But the issue we are considering is that submission is one of the means whereby we can sustain our marriage. It doesn't matter. And that's why initially I, in I, in I, in I said that God said, the main thing that controls the other is death to self. If you have died, no matter whatever your husband is doing, you will submit. God, I have submitted. Judge him. God, I have submitted. Intervene. God, I have, you know, submitted. Fight this battle for me. And I have seen God, both in the Bible and even in the physical. He has been fighting this battle. And he will yet fight it for you in Jesus' name. I don't, I don't know what your marriage is passing through. The one thing I know is that as you submit, God will use it even to sustain this marriage until Jesus comes. Praise the Lord. Another thing we shall consider. We have so many of them, but I'm just touching the major ones. Another one that sustains marriage in this list is forgiveness. In our, our Lord's prayer, we say, forgive us as we forgive eh, one another. Forgiveness. Husband and wife must be two forgivers. They must have the capacity to forgive one another. And one thing I have noticed is that the level of forgiveness you have received from God is what you will give to people. If you know that God has completely forgiven you all your sins and you have totally surrendered all to him, no matter whatever somebody does to you, no matter whatever your husband or your wife does, you will forgive. Now you fully aware that this man is no longer in another person. It's a part and parcel of me. We have been united together. We are no longer two. We are, we are, we are one. And many of us, husband and wife, some of us, we have a diary. When your wife misbehaves, you will just go and put it and put the dates. Which means you are giving the devil an opportunity to continue to, you know, extend it. Why are you putting it in the diary? I could remember a particular, you know, marriage. After a few months, you know, the storm came, the wilderness came, and they started complaining. And my husband and discovered that this man, each date, he would record it in his, uh, you know, in a diary. If you see the way he was rolling out the dates, or, you know, the, the wife misbehaved, the wife and whatever the wife says, and my husband says, what, what kind of brain do you have that you have recorded all these things and killed it into your, 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 your brain? That you are rolling out this way. How can you forgive? So marriage, for us, for marriage to be sustained, we must be two forgivers. We must forgive. No matter if you remember the level of what Jesus in order for us. If you remember that we were still sinners and God sent Jesus and Jesus came and died for us. I think we said about two, three you know, years ago that whatsoever you will do me in five years to come, I have uh, forgiven you. Talk less of marriage. And this marriage, you know that God established it for a purpose. How do you think that if you don't forgive, that you will be able to achieve the reason why God has established it eh, in a marriage? 
If two of you are not uh, talking to each other, the loneliness, the man is still lonely. You are, you know, lonely. The loneliness you have come to cover, you have not actually done it. And I want us to know that when we forgive, he gives these children, when our husbands love us and our wives submit, and we are, for, you know, to, uh, we forgive. What we are doing is that we are creating enabling environments for our children to love God, for our children to submit to God, for our children to know that their sins have been forgiven. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are basically creating enabling in a, in a environment because the reason why God brought these children is that these children will take over from us. As we are decreasing, they will be in increasing. But if from home, you have not created enough environment, you know, comfortable in environment for them. How do you think they will trust God? And that's why so many of us, we complain. We are Christians, our children are not following. Look into your marriage and really see if these children are watching us. It's not what we tell them they do. They do what they see us do. If you love their mommy, they know. If you submit to their daddy, they know. If you forgive yeah, 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 their mommy or their they know. But if the home is filled up with chaos and you see them, it, how do you want them to believe God? I remember somebody who says that, uh, you, know, I, you know, I don't know, I am born again. I was a believer before in, uh, in my marriage. And another person called the son and said, why is it you people are not living for God? The way your parents are you living. <laughs> the boy told the person and said, Daddy, leave it alone. These people are not Christians. We are their children. We know them more than you do. We live in the house with them. Don't mind these pretenders, they are hypocrites. They don't do what they preach you. So, 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 so what are we doing? So if the husband you love your wife, the wife you submit, these children will be watching you. 95% of what these children learn is from watching us. And that's why some children, if they grew in a very bitter environment, always husband and wife, eh, you know, fighting. Yeah, their parents. You see that when they get married, it's, it, that is, it will continue. Because all these things is highly infectious. It's contagious. When you live in peace with your wife, these children, they watch. They know. And you see that when they get married, they will transfer what they have watched and seen in you into yeah, their own home. The sister that preached to us on our modern Sunday, she told us about a situation whereby the husband and wife, every day, they will be quarreling. Every morning they will come and rain verbal abuse in on each other. And uh, along the line, the woman gave her life to Christ and realized that what she had been doing is not right. And then... Another morning again, the husband came out, and I really wonder the kind of man, a man that would be talking, you know, you know, you know, you know like a woman. You know, a man should be matured. Even if the wife is talking, you keep quiet, quiet because you know that Bible says we are weaker sex. We are weaker sex. Why should you join her? And she will be talking, and we will be talking. And that morning, the, the, the husband came out again, and he started, you know, lambasting. Because this woman has met Jesus. She kept quiet. And she didn't know that all the while, whenever they quarreled, that their four-year-old son will come out and be watching them. And that day, because the woman kept quiet, along the line, the small boy, you know, four years, said, Oh, mommy, daddy is winning you today. You have been winning every day. Mommy, talk, talk, talk now so that you win again. Huh? And the woman was shocked. The woman said, Ah, is it what I have been impacting? A four-year-old boy watching the parents and he noticed that the mother had been winning. Tell me the kind of husband that child will be. If not that, thank God, the mother made Jesus. At least she will truncate the evil genius. Because this boy ah, would have dealt with the wife. You, 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 you can't change it. That's why so many of us, we say we are born again. And you can still lift your hand. And beat yeah, 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 your wife. And at times, you know, I wonder if I'm staying with you, and you lift hand in and beat me. Anytime you are coming home, eh, my BP will rise because I can't stay with you. You lift up your, your, your somebody you say you love. How can you? Jesus, who died for us, has he ever lifted up his hand to beat us? 
in spite of our, our foolishness, he endured. And he waited until we come to him. Why must you, a husband, you will lift up your hand to beat your, your wife? For what? Why not leave the house and go out and be praying and say, God, help me. Deliver my wife. Help me. May God help us in Jesus' name. Unforgiveness. Forgive. Even as Christ has eh, forgiven us. Praise the Lord. The next one we shall consider is eh, sex. I know that everybody is waiting for it. But the point we are talking about is that if we have put to death Mr. Flesh, we don't need anybody to know that the Bible says, man, your body does not belong to you. Woman, your body does not belong to you. You belong to each other. And God puts sex for enjoyment. And that's why he says that you should enjoy, you know, the water from your own system. So sex is something that can sustain marriage. God created it. That's why he says both of them, they were naked and they were not eh, ashamed. You should be naked to each other. It's not a matter of every night, you know, especially, you know, uh, the woman. You tidy up every, you, you tighten up everywhere. And you wait for the man to be pleading with you, begging you. No. No. Your body does not belong to you. It belongs to the husband. Anytime he needs you. I know that as women, especially the younger ones, we little children, you see them battling from morning, they go to work, they come back, take, you know, go for school, this and they battle, and maybe in the night, by the time you are coming in to rest, your husband will just, you know, stretch his hands. And the anger will fill up everywhere. But the issue is that when you realize that this is a duty, you must perform. If you read uh, Romans 7, Bible specifically says that you should not deprive one another so that you will not give the devil a foothold. Because this is an area where the devil has been, in fact, he's too so much and he's causing a great havoc in our homes. Sex. And as a result, when you deprive one another, you give the devil opportunity, especially the men, that even a woman is difficult for a woman to satisfy them, unless if Christ is in them. That's the only way they can be, be, be satisfied. So if you now give them opportunity to go out, then you are the one who will get the sickness by the time they go out. Praise the Lord. So I don't know your reason. Woman, Bible says submit. And even you, the man, treat the woman well. Be kind to, 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 to her. That's why I say if the Holy Spirit uploads the fruit of the Spirit in you, you, you know the right thing to do. You know how to, you know, treat her with kindness. It's not every time, maybe from morning, you will load her with, you know, you know with abuse. You will abuse her from morning to, to, to night. Every manner of bad word, you will produce it. And the, in, the, in the night, you will stretch hands. Tell me how she will be free. Even if she submits to you, it's just a matter of her. Eh, let me just do it. But let it be clear to you, you are just raping her. Because she will not eh, enjoy it. Sex is for enjoyment. Sex is not for punishment. But if you create an enabling environment from morning, you help her you know, in, uh, in the kitchen, you help her in the children, you bet uh, some of them as she cooks. Then if she comes out, she will be refreshed even to, to satisfy you. So God enjoins us that our body does not belong to us. Rather, it belongs to the other person. Because many of us, we have tied up ourselves and our husband, they have gone out. I could remember in a sister, along the line, she repented and her husband also repented. And every time, every night, the husband would get at her. Ah, at that age, she said, brother, I thought you are born again now. Ah, if you are born again, why is it that when you are an unbeliever, you controlled yourself, and now you are born again, is it the fruit of God that is making you to, to request uh, for this? The, bra the, the husband looked at her and smiled and said, Do you know I cheat on you in as an unbeliever? Do you know as an unbeliever, whenever I touch you and you say no, I will go out to a hotel, 
and satisfy yeah, 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 myself. And I will come back, two and four will stay. And that's why the sister thought that the husband was self-controlled, that the husband was a saint. I said, no, I was cheating on you. But now, because I have received Jesus, that's the change, that's the transformation. I have received Jesus Christ. I know it is sin. I can never do that thing again. And that's why I'm getting at you. Immediately, this sister say, I'm sorry. Anytime you want it. Women, may we really tell them anytime you want it in Jesus' name. I know it's not always easy. Many of us will claim we have entered uh, menopause. Thank God we have all, you know, entered. But I know that Sarah was doubly menopause. Sarah was 89, 90 years when she took him for Isaac. So if Sarah enjoyed sex at 90 years, why can't you? How old are you? Which shows me that even somebody, a woman of 80, 80 something years, 70 something years, can still enjoy sex if your husband is alive. So we do not have any excuse. And I notice that these men, as they get older, they still enjoy it. In fact, even one day in my office, one man came in, and this man was complaining about the wife. You know, each day he will, uh, he will complain, and one day he hit it. Huh? I say, oh, this is where the problem is. He says, my daughter, do you know for years now, my wife has never slept with me. I say, eh, it's something years. I was shocked. And the man was so bitter in his spirit. The person I'm talking to is a Christian, no? A very, that is a wonderful child of God. So, my dear, no matter the age, as long as you are alive, you should continue to enjoy it in Jesus' name. So, let not menopause be, I know I'm guilty, yo. so don't think that my husband is here. I'm, I'm also guilty. Let not menopause prevent us from doing it. Praise the Lord. Because no matter how old, if Abraham has 100 years still enjoys it, so what of all these our young men? I don't think that any of them here is above 80 years. So anytime they want it, the only thing is, ask God for grace. Ask God for grace. There is no two ways in about it. And don't use sex as a means of getting whatever you want. And men, even if we do not give it to you, ask and when. And when do. Don't go outside because it is sin against God. Praise the Lord. Bible says our body belongs to God. And the Holy Spirit endures it. So don't use the body, the body of the Holy Spirit, and go because of sex. There is self-control. That's why the Bible says we must put to death eh? flesh. There is self-control in one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Be self-controlled. Even if you need it, and your wife is not doing it, you know, is not uh, ready, control yourself. M- many of you were virgins when you got uh, married. So the way you endured, try in and endure. So that you will not use this as an excuse. You know, you just go out and begin to flirt around. It is not good. You may say, eh, we are born again. Many, even many pastors, you know, they are now falling victim. And one thing is that Bible says every other sin is outside the body. But this one is inside the body. Hi! You can contact anything. And the one thing you are a Christian, you know, once you are a Christian, <laughs> and you go out, the devil that has been trailing you, trailing you, to ensure that he pulls you down to, to his level, will just make sure that eh, you get HIV. Or if not, he will make sure that you impregnate that particular person and he will be, the, the, the lady will be after you. So why must you go out because of eh, Mr. Flesh? Why must you go out because of eh, sex? In summary, please, let everybody give in. Pray and ask God for the grace. And some men, when their wives need it, they will say, in, uh, in I'm busy. One will not, you know, do it. He says that I have set a trap for you. A Christian, I have set a trap for you. And I'm waiting to see if you will fall. Why must you set a trap for her and wait for her to fall? It is a sin. You shouldn't wait for her to fall. Please. Satisfy her anytime she needs you. And that's why if she goes out, she will not have time to look at any other man. Or maybe when all these wicked you know, you know, you know, men are around will be saying, oh, you look good, you look good. If you tell her that in the home and you satisfy her, she will not listen to them. And you, the wife, praise the Lord. I take time to do, to, to say this so, so that 
God will help us. Let us not deprive. If you are going to bed, put on your, 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 your nightgown. Don't put on everything in you. And the man will be trying to remove in everything. Put on your nightgown. In our home economics, we are told that when you put on light dress as you sleep, the blood will be flowing. But in the night, you put tight, you put trousers, you put naked. What are you putting? What are you putting, women? Please. Please, no matter whatever they do, no matter their misbehavior, submit to them. Praise the Lord. The next one that sustains marriage is appreciation. Appreciation. Many of us, it's difficult for us to appreciate one another. You may think, hey, what is there now? There's a brother that anytime you say, a friend of mine, anytime you say, ah, brother, what is this? He says, in my heart. Eh? The love is in my heart. I love her. I say, appreciate her. Even if it's in your heart, appreciate her. Tell your wife you look good. Tell your husband you look good. Ah, uh-uh, you are the best thing that has ever happened to me. Appreciate them. However, you will blow them in, uh, in, uh, in out of uh, proportion. Blow your husband out of proportion. When he goes out, he will know that somebody in the house is uh, admiring. It's not just maybe you wait, because at times women will just wait. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's the one who brought me in. He's As he appreciates you, appreciate him. If he uh, puts on in a dress, you look at him and say, my dear, you look good. Uh-uh. Hi. If you see him on the, on the road, maybe you left in, in, a, in, a, in a, the house uh, before him. You should also in appreciate him. The one thing is that appreciation gives one confidence. As you go out, you know that somebody has appreciated you in the house. I don't know how yeah, 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 my husband does it because so many of you will be pitying me. Who knows venerable? Can he even say, I love you? He, don't, he appreciates so. So don't ever look at him and say, uh, and say that he does it more than everybody. He appreciates somebody more than so. Don't ever pity me. Don't pity me because somebody saw me one day and said, Ah, oh, Sister Ruby, I pity you. Our brother Sam is so holy. You know he can. I say no, he says it. So don't ever encourage yourself that our, our venerable is a spiritual man that is always like this. Eh, eh. I don't know how he does it. But every morning before I leave the house, he will be sleeping. You know, by the time I will finish, he will wake up in Anton and say, no, you look good. And once he says that, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And once he says that, I don't care. If the whole world is collapsing, it's immaterial to me. Whether you say I look good or not, after God, the next most important uh, person to me says, I look good. That is why, and every morning I look forward to hearing it. So men, appreciate your wife. Women, appreciate your husbands. And you see that life will continue. I say that marriage is for enjoyment. Many men will say, it's in my heart. Do man, is she in your heart? She's not in your heart. So you should appreciate. And the next one is speaking gracious words. Many of us, the words that flow out of our mouth, is so bad. Bible says that our words should be full of grace, seasoned with salt. So that when you send out your word, it brings healing. Many men, somebody told me, mommy, do you know that my husband told me one day, the worst thing that has ever happened to me in life is the day I met you. Tell me what else. And the letter, he will say, eh, it was uh, out of uh, 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 annoyance. I say, it's not out of annoyance. It has been there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth eh, speaks. Period. It has been there. You have been nurturing it. Speak gracious words. Even when you are not happy, keep quiet. Don't talk. Rather than speaking something that louder, you can't retrieve it. Any word you know you will regret later, keep quiet. It's better you keep quiet than saying something. And another one is food. Give your husband good food, please. When you do not give them good food, that's why all these women in the bad joints get them. When they go there eating and eating, they will put eh, something. Your husband will pack your things. Check those things your husband loves. Go and learn how to do them and give it to him. Praise the Lord. Then the last one as we conclude is prayer. In all that we have said, pray with all prayers. 
Whatever you think your husband is doing that is hurting you, pray. Whatever your wife does that is hurting you, uh, hurting you, pray. And as you keep praying, you will see that God will be uploading those things you desire from your husband or from your wife. And in conclusion, I want us to know that as we talk about establishing marriage and then sustaining it here on earth, there is the ultimate wedding supper in heaven. Have you prepared for that? Not everybody will get married here before we die or before rapture takes place. But the issue is that, do you know there is a wedding supper in heaven? Have you put on the right garment for that wedding? Or do you still live your life anyhow and you think it doesn't matter? Many of us, each day we come here, the word of God will be going out for you to hear the word of God. You continue. I want us to know, it's not man that go. Man will die headed for eternity. Where? Is it eternity in heaven or eternity in hell? I don't know what you are still doing. And you see here you have not given your life to Christ. There is no way you will participate in that eh, marriage supper in heaven. This is time for you to give your life to Christ. I don't know whatever the enemy has been telling you, deceiving you. As we begin to pray for our daddy to pray for us, I want you to stand up and come out here. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. It doesn't matter. No. Stand up and come out here so that he will pray for you. And God will grant you that grace even to live for him. We are coming to the end time. Each day the things we see show that we are coming to, to the end of time. Young people are dying. Children are dying. Older people are in a, in a, in a dying. If Jesus comes now, where will you spend eternity? There is a marriage supper in heaven. And you who is also here, if you know that all the things we, are, we, we have been saying, that in one way or the other, that something is lacking in your marriage relationship, all the things, I want you to stand up in your own chair. Those that want to receive Jesus so that they will partake in this mar- uh, marriage in heaven, they should come outside here. But for you, you are, you know, you are married. You are in marriage. And those that are about to marry, from the things we have said, look into your life. Where are you lacking behind? We are not here for, you know, saying this thing for, for, for. Don't stay here and go. Some of us, if we say stand up, you will just sit there and say, I'm praying. No. When you stand up, our ministers will pray for you. And there is power in corporate, in anointing. So if you are here, and you are touched in one way or, or the other, stand up, let us pray. And then for us, if you are here, you know that if you die none, you will not partake of this marriage supper. I want you to stand up and come out here. Lord, many of us who have surrendered our lives to you still have the flesh having his way. Whether we are married or single is what we want, we want to get. Is a person we like to date, is a person we like to befriend, is a person we want to collect gifts from, is a person we want to keep our testimony short, father in compromise, and some of us who are married, Lord, we have lived other than those who have seen your word and your blessing. And Father, therefore, we ask you, whichever of the categories that have affected us, in our marriage, in our singleness, in our relationship, in our hatred, in our bitterness, in our finding it difficult to let go, Almighty God, heal us and forgive in the name of Jesus Christ. Almighty God, if Jesus paid the price on the cross, and shed his precious blood for us. What else is too big to give her? And therefore, Lord, whether it is in submission, whether it is in loving as ourselves, whether it is, Lord, in forgiveness, whether it is in giving one to each other, whether it is in saying those words that build up instead of the words that tear down, Heavenly Father, where we have not measured up to it, we ask for your forgiveness and we ask for your healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever harm, whatever ill, whatever odd and grief we have spoken to our partners, whether they belong to you or not, Lord, today we ask you to cleanse and forgive in the name of Jesus. Receive us back again. On our hearts, O oh God, your love is poured afresh. And that same love of the Spirit is able to dispense every fruit that is unto godliness. We ask, O oh God, that for every one of us standing or sitting, married or single, love the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, loving kindness, 
tender-heartedness, almighty God, gentleness, meekness, Lord, thinking out for what the other, and being able, Lord, to maintain a sense of purity and love to others as you do. Long-suffering, impatience, those things that bear us out as different, and being under the influence and control of your spirit. Lord, may we wear them as clothing from today in the name of Jesus Christ. Where we have fallen time and again, where we have been grieved, where we have walked disorderly, where you have looked from heaven and find us trying to help ourselves to find a partner without ever consulting you. Lord, we ask that you will take over and Lord, we surrender completely to you. May your word be proved in our lives, in our marriage, and in our conduct in the name of Jesus Christ. For those of us who are single, find us, Lord, partners after your will in Jesus' name. And help us to possess our vessel in sanctification, in holiness, in chastity. No matter the pressure, may your spirit rule over us and grant us the joy and excitement of burning our energy in serving you while we are still young. And Lord, open our eyes to whom it is in unto us. If we have been involved in any wrong relationship, that they valued you, that did not have you in, that because of the gifts and compliments we have received, Father, today, we cut them off, and we say, God, provide us the rightful partner in the name of Jesus Christ. In our relationship with God, Father, may we be truly surrendered in the Spirit, and surrendered to the Spirit. May we live not as those who have learned from tradition, who have been learning from society. May we, as we are taught by your word, display this character, this loving kindness, these attributes, and the ingredients that come only from a heart surrendered to your spirit, and set our homes to fulfill our purpose in the name of Jesus. Set joy in our husbands, set joy in our wives, set joy in our children, all together in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. As you heal us and reclaim us and restore us even to a place where we can manifest your fruit and your presence and be a joy in the home where you have put us. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.